0: Anger seems to be one of the most uncomfortable feelings that most of us face once we get sober and take away the option to numb. Listen as we dig into learning to process anger so that we can cope with it instead of letting it get the best of us. We talk about how we came to see anger as an important emotion, how we use it as protection from pain, and how we let down the walls so that we can move through it. If you haven't already, make sure you rate and review Through the Glass Recovery Podcast on your favorite listening platform. Those ratings go a long way in getting this podcast into the hands of the people who need it the most. So welcome, everybody. This is episode 40, and we are so excited to be here today We are going to have all of these wonderful guys introduce themselves. I'm kind of excited I get to hang out with the guys tonight. That doesn't happen very often. So really cool to see you guys. Let's start with Ryan. How are you tonight?
2: I am good. My name is Ryan. I'm 35 years old. We live in the Boston, Massachusetts area. I used to work in the music industry, but uh, since getting sober, I've become a stay-at-home dad. Big change of scenery there. But uh, I have a little over four years sober, and uh, and yeah.
0: Very cool. Well, thank you for being here, and it's so nice to meet you. We had Ryan's lovely wife on a few months ago on episode 28, and so it's nice to meet the other half of this wonderful little family. Mm-hmm. And next we will move on to Daniel. Hey,
3: everyone. Uh, my name is Dan Hearn, Daniel Hearn. Um <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I live in I'm from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, up in Canada. Uh, I've uh, been in recovery for six years now. Uh, about two years ago, I started a live streaming video podcast called Hard Knocks Talks, and since then, I have come to do this full time. And I'm I'm really grateful for for the work that I get to do, helping people share their stories of lived experience, bring a little hope to our community. And I'm really excited to be here tonight.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. I love the content that you produce and Mm. I will make sure that I put your links and everybody's links in the show notes so that our listeners can get in touch and make sure they follow you. And then just to keep it confusing, we're going to go with the other Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
4: I'm Dan. I'm in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I've been sober for three years and I am a, I am currently a student and I'll be finished with school soon. Awesome.
0: Very cool. Well, it's nice to have you here. And Dan has been here. I think this is his fifth episode. So thank you as always for coming back and sharing more of your story with us. We appreciate Mm -hmm. you.
4: Always happy to be here.
0: One of the emotions that comes up often in conversation is anger. Most of us never learned to regulate our emotions in our youth. So emotions come on big and strong and anger is one that can lead us to doing things that we regret and can even lead us back to wanting to have a drink. So we are going to talk about anger today. What role has it played in your recovery? Is it something you've struggled with? We'd love to hear about your experiences and some of the things that you've learned about coping with anger in healthy ways.
4: Um, you know, when I, when I think of anger, the first thing I, I really come up with is um, uh, somebody told me a little while back that anger is not an emotion. Anger is a response to an emotion and I didn't really appreciate that at first. When I, was, when I was drinking, I was angry at everybody pretty much all the time, and I went into any situation I went into looking to pick a fight with that person, and it was just easier than trying to connect with them. What that really came down to for me was a, a fear of being rejected, and if I went in and I was a giant jerk, and I uh, made it unpalatable to want to be around me, I didn't have to wait for them to reject me first. And, you know, therefore I you know, protected myself. And I was like, no, nope, see, look, I told you, I didn't want those people in my life. I didn't need them in my life anyway. That's all fine. So see, I got exactly what I wanted, you know, and and it took, you know, spending a, a, maybe 18 months of sobriety before I really appreciated how much that connection really did mean to me and how that was kind of the root of all evil all along. And that, you know, finding meetings and finding people who understood me, that was the South that really helped to start to heal that wound.
3: I think I, I can relate to to that. I, uh, I joke, uh, it's, it's, it's only partially a joke though. Anger or resentment got me sober. Like I, I, I got sober on a resentment. Uh, things got so bad for me. And, and as I've moved forward in my recovery, I've realized that that's not the case. But at at the time, looking back, um, I was fueled on it. I, I I was I was I was gonna get sober before she did. I was gonna do this before she did. I was gonna do that before she did. And I was just on fire. I was on fire with resentment because some really terrible things happened uh, in, in my active addiction, and I'm sure that, you know, terrible things happen for for most people who who find the sort situations that I was in. but um, it, it took. A, a long time, a number of years actually until I started to understand that it you're right it was it was a response to to an emotion and 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 that emotion was was hurt was pain because I, I, I it was easier to to, to hate her. her her is Donna Donna is my mother of my of my children and and we're together again and it's it's crazy <laughs> but it was easier to hate her at the time it was less it was less painful to To feel hate than it was to accept what had happened, and that in fact I still loved her.
2: Yeah, I I, I definitely relate to that. I think anger became bigger for me actually in sobriety, um, and like in the process of getting into recovery. I was in in and out of recovery for many years before I finally got sober. And um, when I would when I would get a little time, it would be. I'd be blaming everybody else and just be super angry at everybody else. But the farther I got in, then it was my anger was so focused towards myself. And, you know, look what I had done to my life. And uh, it took a long time for me to get over that and stop playing the what if game and and being extremely angry with myself. But time made it easier with therapy and, and, and all of the different stuff that comes with recovery.
4: And for me, therapy was such an important part of that, uh, uh recipe too. Uh, I mean, meetings were important and coming and talking with people like minded who shared those experiences, all of that mattered, but going to, you know, a professional therapist who could kind of parse that out and, you know, explain these emotions to me in a way that I never got to understand them before it brought so much clarity. You know, uh, when he said, I saw half the stuff he said to me since I, you know, started being honest with it (laughs) has, has really just changed the way I look at myself. When I was an active addiction, I was, I was
1: an angry person. I was angry at, I mean, it was everyone's fault. I would point the finger and blame other people and do all of that. When I quit, I really never... I'm not an angry person. I think Julie can attest to this. Um I'm just not an angry person. There's very few times I have actually been angry. The one time I was angry, I was I blared all the screaming rock I could find and I recorded myself screaming that rock music. I was like I was just screaming disturbed in my truck for half an hour, 45 minutes, drowning pool, just going to town. And it that was like, that was the first time I really felt like anger. I I wasn't even, I was angry at someone else and I was angry for the way I was being treated. And, and I was angry for feeling the way that I did. And because of the way I was allowing myself to be treated and, and I couldn't, get past it and so I just had to like scream I had to get that out in some sort of healthy way and my healthy way was like instead of I don't punch walls I don't get physically angry I'm just not that kind of person I never really have been violence has never been a way to express myself but I just found angry music and, and that was, that was my way to like cope with it. I did it by myself and it was a way that I could like listen to myself afterwards. So I could kind of figure out where I was coming from. So you did, you listened to yourself afterwards. Yeah, I did. Hmm. I actually shared it with some friends too. (laughs)
3: Like, this this. is awesome.
0: So, so after he did that, Steve actually has me recorded like raging to Slipknot now too. <laughs> did it work? This, like, did it work the same for you? It, it, there is something like really cathartic about that. There is. I didn't listen to myself though. I just rage yeah. screamed in into my microphone and then I sent it to Steve, and I did not send it to anybody else. But. <laughs> No, I think for me if we're talking about things that we do to cope, for me it's venting a lot.
3: Mm-hmm. So
0: I used to I was I was the bottle it up kind of girl forever, literally forever. Like my parents trained me well, you keep that shit inside at all times and I didn't unlearn that until I don't know, I got sober. So I would keep it inside and keep it inside and keep it inside and it, Maybe once a year, maybe twice a year, I would absolutely lose my shit, like psychopath, screaming, throwing, breaking things, and my kids could even feel it coming on. Um, it did not happen toward them. It generally it was just me. Like I, w- I would destroy shit because I got so angry. And I mean, it got to the point where at some point I'm like, maybe I have BPD because I snap absolutely just a switch flips, I'd snap, I would lose it. Since I got sober. That level of rage has never happened again. I've gotten angry a few times, pretty, like pretty angry, like rage, screaming, slip, not angry. But, um, but the difference now is that I've learned how to talk about how I'm feeling all the time. So, I mean, I talk to Steve and and, and other people throughout the day and keep that conversation going. So when I am starting to get upset or sad or hurt or afraid or any of those things that are kind of behind that anger. Those things are coming out constantly, and it just never has the opportunity to build up. And that has been probably the one most powerful thing about anger for me, because in general, I was always that perfect, happy mom that looked wonderful. And then a switch would flip and I would go into absolute rage. Like, it's kind of awful to talk about, honestly, because the the woman that I was when I hit that point is somebody I never, ever want to see again. I never want my children to see her. I never want to feel that way again. And for me, it's talking about the way that I feel. It turns out that's a really important part of being a human that I just missed out on all those years.
4: I think
1: it's that bottling it all up, right? Like it's that frustration part and the frustration, add frustration, add frustration, and then the putting on the fake smile. And all it does is invalidate yourself more and then build that up. And I can feel that when it's happening, but I don't know if it's I've just been letting it go enough so it doesn't get that far. I'm just not really very much, at least an outwardly angry person, and I don't really hold on to it. I'm just like one of those kind of perpetually positive people for the most part.
0: You let stuff go. You're really good at letting stuff go. A lot you know, better than I am.
3: I I kind of like when I when I when I imagine you screaming and then listening back to it. I I relate. I can relate to that in a way like because I, I I sing too. I have a guitar and I do all that. But like when I was early in my recovery, like I would write. You know when and man, I would sit down and just like like rage for seven pages straight. But I would never go back and and read it because like oh my god, <laughs> that guy's crazy. I don't want to read that. <laughs> So like what was that like? like what was it like when you listened to it again? like did that did that bring you any kind of healing or was it just like, yeah, no, that's crazy because sometimes like I can say something like something spinning in my head, but it doesn't sound crazy until I say it out loud. and then i I hear myself saying these crazy things and I realize that that's crazy. I can't believe that was even bothering me. it was
1: it, so like, it's kind like what Julie said. it was cathartic. It was also like, mm-hmm, I got to hear. The parts of me that I really didn't want to hear, because I could feel my anger in my voice, and mm. if it's not a place where it's just it was never a place that I've ever visited before, that was a new experience for me, and then re-listening to it was one of those things where I get a chance to go back, and although. Like I was exhausted after that because I never let that side of me get fed. Does that make sense? I never really fed. I fed it that night. I I I really did, and I learned that there is no benefit to me going that far. Like there is nothing. There was nothing. It was it was healthy. It was a healthy way for me to let it go, but I think. That was a whole bunch of the bottled up of my past that finally came straight forward and I had no choice but to like just feel it. And I still have them. I still have that. I can go back and listen to it. I I, I like to keep my stuff because it's a reminder of where I used to be. And I still have all of all, all, like all of those journal entries and stuff like that, like it is to me if i want to experience that again because i'm in a place where where that might that lesson might be helpful at least i can go back and learn that lesson again
4: yeah i like to read through old journal entries too cuz it takes me back to a place i was whether it was last week last year or 2 years ago whatever it was and it, and it, and sometimes I think sometimes it's easy to lose sight of the progress that we make along the way, at least it is for me. And, and going back to look at that, you know, solidifies to me exactly where I am today compared to where I was back then. And it shows where that progress is. And, you know, if I go back far enough, I'm sitting there looking at a guy who was, you know, completely compartmentalized. Nobody saw everything. I, I let people see what I wanted them to see. And that was it. And, and it, it, it came out of the same thing. It was all bottled up and I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't want anyone to see me as weak. I surely didn't want anyone to see me cry or something. That would have been the end of the world. And, you know, I think early on in a meeting, I heard somebody say, if, uh, if I can talk about it, I take away its power over me. And, you know, I've held on to that statement I carry it right around with me now. And it absolutely, you know, is the first thing if I, you know, am really down on something or whatever is going on that's the, the that's the way out that's the way to let it go because I'm a person who holds a crudge on somebody I, I'm i the person who has a hard time letting stuff go but if I can go out and I can sit and talk to somebody about it you know all that weight comes right back off my shoulders I don't have to hold on to it anymore it's not mine anymore
2: venting venting's been really big for me my poor parents and like you know they're 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 happy I'm sober, so they gladly you know indulge. But you know that and finding like my core group of you know my my inner circle that I can talk to, and and bouncing stuff off of them and and just le- kind of like Daniel said, like after saying it out loud, is it is this reasonable? Am I being rational, or you know, am I letting another emotion get the best of me?
0: Just saying it like that that's huge because. Sometimes something seems completely unmanageable and will provoke all kinds of anger in our own head because we're seeing it through our own lens and, and whatever is going on in our life at that time. But as soon as we give it to somebody else, they can kind of flip, you know, they can, they can see it through their own lens and kind of flip that around and be like, here's what I'm seeing. And you're like, oh shit i think i was overreacting
3: <laughs> and then you feel worse <laughs> uh, well at least i don't know
0: i mean it'll calm me down at least um and make me realize that i'm I'm maybe being a little well, bit crazy that, that, that awareness
4: stop, is the important digging. thing though because if, <laughs> if i overreact and i may take out that frustration on somebody who didn't deserve it you know it's i i realize now that that's my fault that that that's my part in this and i can go and say i i shouldn't have talked to you like that we you know, uh, this is what's been going on with me. And sadly, you, you 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 know, you took the brunt of my ire and that never should have happened. Whereas before it would have been their fault for some reason. Mm-hmm.
2: That's me and my wife. I, I, I'm so grateful every day that we're both in recovery so we understand one another and everything. But you know, we, we could not be polar opposites, I don't think, though. We're very opposite in just the way we are and operate. So it's, it's great to have her there to always be like, really? Like, check yourself. When
3: I was, when I was in um, early recovery, like I was talking about earlier, I I don't know what I would have done if I did not have those rooms to go to, you know, if I didn't have those, those meetings to go to, I, there was some times I look back now, like I went in there spitting fire, like a crazy man, like, like legit, like I was like talking about murder, talking about like, I'm going to kill, like I was crazy and and they and nobody ever told me to shut up nobody ever you know like, like once or twice people were like you know I don't know if that's yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> but but for the but they right. never said stop you know I got it out and I kept getting it out like for the first like two years like it was just it was a say I I don't know how they put up with me to be quite frank and honest But man, I'm glad, I'm glad they did because they gave me a community where I could go and practice trying to be a human being, you know, practice trying to be someone who's trying to get better, you know, and, and that was, yeah, I, I, I get it. The venting thing. I mean, it's still important. It's just, I, I vent a little (laughs) (laughs) little different things.
0: Well, you say you don't know. You say you don't know why they put up with you, but the reason they put up with you—I know why. I I don't know how. I don't know how. (laughs) (laughs) Like we've all been there, though, right? We've all been that person that's that's raging the crazy shit. Like you're going to show up, and everybody else is going to be like, "Ooh, yeah, I have felt that before."
4: Yeah, that's how they do it because they understand. Hearing (laughs) someone say that is a reminder that I'm never alone. Yeah, I I have a community in this journey my my anger yeah. was always
1: wanting someone to get hurt not by my own hand because i didn't want to be responsible for it this is it's it's <laughs> true
3: yeah, why am i the only one laughing <laughs> <How do laughs> <other people> are... <laughs> it's true I, I like i wanted
1: people to like disappear out of my life yeah. and 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 i you know car accident mm-hmm. or something along those lines like they let them hurt themselves or have somebody else do it so my life would be better without them like that's that's where like mm-hmm. my anger was like a w- a wish it never got as far as to like build it up to actually like I want to take care of the shit myself but I like I can see how it would get there I just never got that that far of like holding on to it like Julie said like I just I guess I let it go there's there's nothing Fucking! It's either the fire. It's the fire of passion, like like you were saying, Dan. You used it as as a fire and motivation to give
3: you purpose. It was a protective factor as well. It was protecting me mm-hmm. from uh, even deeper hurt. Although I didn't no, you don't like until like you
1: finally, after two years, get a chance mm-hmm. to like scream it all out and and. In all of its vulgarity, and, and then once it... That's that's the beauty of the rooms, right? You get to vent it all out, and finally when when you've lost all of the words to say all the hateful things and you're all done with it, you can turn around and go, wow, did I ever friggin' hate for a long time?
3: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> And hopefully someone comes in angrier than you so you can be like, well, at least that wasn't that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Now that guy's crazy.
0: (laughs) No, I think, too, it's like anger is a secondary emotion, right? Anger is just covering something else up. And for a lot of us, it's either fear or hurt there's other things for sure, but but when you start feeling angry, I mean the first thing you you really need to do is figure out is it is it hurt? is it fear? is it what what's going on under there? Nobody that's the stuff nobody wants to to talk about. So like anger is your wall, right? Mm. But once you get rid of the wall and you figure out what's behind it, that's when you start actually coping with your stuff and figuring that out. Like, for me, so I would when I got angry with my kids, I was trying to control them into being who I thought they were supposed to be because I wanted what was best for them. And then it also, there was a certain amount of also, I want to look like a good mom, right? Mm-hmm. So if my kids were acting like little spazzes at the grocery store, I would feel like I look like the bad mom here because my kids are running around like little psychopaths. And you know, so then I would get angry that, and, and I, so I was trying to control all this other stuff. I was trying to control what people thought of me. I was c- trying to control my children who were just being children, trying to control all of this stuff. Then the anger would build up inside of me. All of that was just fear. You know, whether I'm trying to control my kids' behavior when they're five or whether I'm trying to control it when they're 15, it's out of fear because I want what's best for them and I worry about them or because. I want to feel like I'm a good mom and I want other people to think that I look like a good mom. And so, I mean, getting past the wall of the anger and then figuring out what's actually under there, then you can start doing something about it. Like, I, So I've been reading Codependent No More by Melody Beatty. I might have talked about it on here already. I'm not sure. I, I railed against reading that book forever because I was like, I am not codependent, damn it. But turns out I am. So I want to control people into doing the things I think are best for them. Once I realized all of that stuff underneath the anger, then I could stop trying to control everything. And then the healing starts happening. And then, you know, the anger doesn't happen quite so much because I'm letting the other stuff go. And there's just like, there's so much digging you can do into all these different emotions and start learning healthy ways to see the world, learning healthy ways to see yourself, learning healthy ways to interact with other people. Like, there's just, there's so much growth that's there if you let down the anger wall and then figure out what's on the other side of it and it's not going to be pretty and doesn't feel good to look at almost every time like it's you know that makes you squirm and it makes you cringe and whatever but that's where that's where like the the healing and the growth happens i think
4: i think think at least for me i know i i would always feel bad about how i was feeling and feel bad about how i reacted and feel bad about all and you know the 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 opposite way i try to look at that now is i'm not going to feel bad for being angry about something because you know it, it probably does come from a place of fear that's usually how that works for me so it's you know uh, the fact is what i'm feeling at any given moment is exactly the right thing that's exactly what i should be feeling and i'm exactly in the right place at the right time the question is is not what the question is is why and to look down and say why am i getting this worked up over that Mm -hmm. because this doesn't have to be something that ruins my day
2: yeah every time i take a step back and look it's usually Fear-based when I'm angry, almost always. Me too. You know, I'm I'm working on some new
3: designs right now for for some merch. So there's gonna be new merch. That's exciting. So, but but uh, you know, it's it's such a fearful process, you know, because you're working with a graphic designer, and like you know, if you're if you're like me, and you have something in your life that you're very passionate about you know a little bit of ego gets involved there because mm. you want everything to be perfect you want to put your best foot forward and project all the professionalism and have all of the correct symbolism and messaging and and like this is really challenging for me and i remember when i was first doing some brand work to get the brand done, i had to turn it over to someone else because i was going crazy like a brand is very important if you talk to any big corporation you'll like you'll understand branding is very important and and that makes me want to take it to a place of perfection but that just gets so filled with fear that that eventually I had to turn it over and I sort of forgot about that when I started down this new merch uh, adventure
2: <laughs>
3: and uh yeah it's definitely you know the fear right. of failure the, what if nobody likes it what if what if it you know what if i what if i lose a bunch of of money or what if you know there's a million what ifs so like i can i can understand uh that
1: that brings up Ugh. to me getting a tattoo right you have a tattoo artist and they show you they show you the mm. the picture and then you're scared to tell them that you don't like it even though you know it's a permanent piece of mm. art that's going to go on your body and you want to make sure that it's right and i remember my f- first tattoo experience where i was like i have no idea how i'm going to respond to this because you're a people pleaser and all the rest like it's hard to say no i don't like that and you know, especially when you're getting a big piece, because I was I was getting a big piece. My first one was my whole back, right? I've got a giant phoenix on my back, and like that is hmm. that was it's I you want it to be perfect, just like you're saying, because that's yeah, like, it's stuck on here, <laughs> stuck on your body forever, right? And once it's there, and but you yeah. don't want to be insulting and you don't want to do like, they're putting the tattoo on my back. What if I make them angry? Am I going to have to find another tattoo artist? I want this now. I want this.
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to hurt their feelings. I'm, You know, that's funny. I'm going through that same thing with my, with my graphic designer. Cause like, it's like, is it okay He's like is there any more edits and I'm like no no it's good and then I'll look at it for a few hours and then it'll be like you know and I keep doing that and eventually he's going to start charging me more money but like I'm starting to think he's going to start taking it personal as though this isn't his full-time job and he does this all the time. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> oh, I used to do the same thing. I would never I have quite a few tattoos and uh I would be, I'm a huge people pleaser. So saying no, I really, eh, I just like never did it. I've had two cover-ups because of it. But luckily now I'm able to, you know, express what I need. And I think that's probably where a lot of
1: um, the anger or frustration to build up to it is, is, it is just not having boundaries, right? Like just allowing myself to get walked on and like you said you just instead of saying no like i don't really like this this isn't really matching you know the using the tattoo for an example this doesn't line up with you know the way i want to see this and what happens is it leads to more frustration it leads to you know i don't want to see this thing anymore because that's not really what i wanted and it's just a reminder of how i abandoned myself and then that's just frustrating all on its own because I think, and and I think that's where that anger and rage came from too, from me that, that one time is there was the more I realize where I came from was just no boundaries. Like just take everything you, you want and then left like no empty cup, self-worth gone. All of these, these things are gone. And then, it's like, what do I have left? The only thing I have left, at least when I was in action, uh, active addiction, was anger. Like that was all that was left because kindness was so hard to find.
4: Yeah, I, I had no idea what what uh, what boundaries were prior to, to to getting sober and doing some uh, some of that work, and you know, and really, it was kind of you know figuring all that out for myself too, and and. In living within the the within the bounds of my own moral compass, mm-hmm. uh, or within my own value system, and not you know not letting people live near me that are aren't going to respect that.
0: Well, I think anger too is a really indica- really good indicator of what your boundaries need to be, Boy. because I don't always know what boundaries I need to be need to be setting with people. All of every relationship is different and, and I'm always at a different point in my life anyway. But if I get angry, generally that means there was some boundary there that got crossed. I just have to figure out what it was and then I have to figure out how I'm going to communicate that.
3: Yeah, that reminds me of another story. So Sundays is show days in this family. Like, uh, you know, like we're, uh, both Donna and I are a part of it. So Sundays are kind of like high strung for me because like we've got a lot of things to prepare for and and whatever but i need to have some quiet time on sunday afternoon just to prepare right and typically every day like because i wake up so early i i I do i get to have a nap in the afternoon every day it would seem except for sunday every single sunday you know uh some a family member would come over or the kids would be extra loud or or whatever it took me over a year to decide that my anger was valid because like every sunday i would get angry and i would be like am I being an asshole? Like if I get mad and I say I need this, like, is that okay? You know? And it took a year for me to finally be like, you know what? No, the stress is getting so much. Like I need to say something and I didn't blow up. I just said, look, I need this. Like I, this, I need this. And Donna was like, okay. And that was it. it took me a year. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Oh, asking for what I need was it's, it's still a struggle sometimes um and you know then then when i don't ask for what i need mm-hmm. then i get bad mm-hmm. and it's like but i put myself in this situation uh, mm-hmm. and, or, sorry yeah
3: yeah <laughs> i just got excited sorry <laughs> or or how about this one they should know what i need <laughs> mm, right. I oh, steve of gets up and walks away oh <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. Expectations lead to resentment. Right? Oh, yeah. Premeditated. Yes. Absolutely.
4: Yeah. Right. And we we, uh, we expect people to know what we want and what our boundaries are and yeah. without telling them. Yeah. And if we if we don't communicate that, then it's on us when they don't know.
3: Yeah. And I, for the longest time, like I would say, I would say to Don, I know I'm talking about Donna a lot tonight. Maybe I need to do some work there. <laughs> there's just so many like relationships are tough in recovery and for all of the normies out there relationships are just hard so you know and i I share my experiences of what it's like but you know like i i would always say to i always still do i'm like you have to tell me what you need you have to tell me what you need and i spent a year saying she should know what i need inside my own head so it was just like it wasn't the booze or the drugs like i'm i'm just like you know (laughs) Well, the booze and the drugs
0: are just symptoms of all the things that are that, that are still wrong that yeah. we still have to work on, right? They were, they
3: were my best attempt at a solution at the time. Yeah. At the time, yep. Turns out communication might be a better solution. Ooh, mm. Julie, <laughs> coming in hot. Yeah.
2: Like <laughs> drop um, moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure.
1: And I, I think that that's going to lead me into wrapping this up. So, Dan, right away... You said anger is not an emotion; it's a it's a response to an emotion. That kind of set this whole thing off. And you the, talk about hitting the nail on the head using anger to not show weakness. I think we all tried to use it to show some sort of strength, so we could, you know, puff out our chest and I'm right and you're wrong, that sort of thing. Anger was the wall comes from frustration, losing control, not having boundaries, self-abandon, not being heard, and then really good ways to we all talked about venting. We all talked about having a place, a safe place to put it. I think we all need a safe place to put this. And that's where the groups and our recovery communities, however, we recover whether it's your spouse and then communicating our needs and making sure that we communicate what we need or what our partner needs because that's i think the main part is if we didn't really communicate any of this and we just had those expectations it's going to be really hard to have any of those met so ryan dan and dan Thank you guys so much for your time and your thoughts and your stories tonight. Uh, it was really, really awesome having you guys on.
4: Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me as always. Yep.
0: You guys are awesome. Thank you so
1: much.
4: Yeah, you guys were great. <laughs>
1: and thank you to our listeners for sharing this space with us today. We hope you learned something useful from this episode, and we invite you to join us next week when we talk about burnout, and what we can do to move through it or prevent it.